I've been doing more or less the same thing for a decade now. And I was having a conversation with a guy that works for me last night that, um, and I'm just thankful to get to bring people in and do that exact thing, lead and, and grow people and uh, watch them and their careers and their families flourish. And uh, I could go somewhere else and probably make a lot more money and not be as happy doing what I'm doing, but it's that helping people aspect of what, what really makes this thing tick for me. Live. Welcome to Just Click It with Sean and Scylla. Today we have an amazing episode. I know I always say that, but I mean, it's very insightful because we're going to be learning. We're amazing. I know, I know, right? We're going to be learning about the in and outs of operations. Uh, we're going to be meeting with an operations manager um, to talk to us about dispatch, load planning, booking loads. Um, drivers and what you need to know and kind of behind the scenes about the whole operation side, uh, even touching into pay, you know, so uh, definitely uh, watch this episode. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to introduce Mr. Dan and let's get it. Well, today we have Dan Rule. Now, Dan started as a warehouse shipping manager at Threads, uh, and that's a, a great location for uh, shirts and make some great stuff. Um, then he became a dispatcher and load planner. Uh, then, I mean, rose up to terminal manager at Total Transportation. Uh, went to Fraley and Sheeling as a load planner and now as an operations manager. Um, Dan, welcome to the Just Truck It show. Thanks for having me, Sean. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. So, yeah. uh, Dan, tell us what got you into this industry and what do you like about it? Uh, you know, like with most jobs, uh, I had a friend that was a, a dispatcher and uh, at, at a younger age, it was a stable job with a, a decent salary. And, and I took kind of a leap of faith and left what I was doing to try something new working with a friend and um, pretty quickly found that uh, the transportation industry worked really well for the way I am wired uh, mentally, personality wise. Um, it, it's an industry that seems to have endless opportunity for people that want to work hard. Absolutely. So uh, tell us, you know, about your different posi uh, position in the operations field, uh, you know, from ground up and um, what you've done and um, kind of what those jobs entail. Yeah. So my, my first job, as you said, was uh, being a dispatcher and uh, uh, with total transportation and, and basically I came in and took over a, an existing fleet of drivers uh, that were running pretty much, uh, I, I would tell you 30 to 40 states in the country um, and, and taking care of their daily needs uh, from a dispatch standpoint, uh, fighting for them to get freight each day and, and making sure their appointments were set up and that, that they could legally uh, complete the loads. Uh, I came in at the time when the industry was transitioning from paper logs to e-logs. Um, so uh, really learning the ins and outs of electronic logging and, and helping drivers get used to that transition was a big part of my early on job. Um, at the time, our company was kind of ahead of the curve. So before the government was requiring it, we made those changes. But uh, more than anything, it was uh, building relationships with my drivers and um, 
early on figured out that uh, taking care of my people, going above and beyond for the guys that were on my fleet uh, to make sure they could make the money they needed to take care of their families was what made me successful. Uh, and uh, you find pretty quickly that uh, building a strong relationship with the people you work with is um, uh, hugely beneficial to everybody's success. If you're all willing to run through a brick wall for each other, you can accomplish a lot. So uh, I did that role for about a year as a fleet manager uh, and then got an opportunity to take over a, uh, a regional planning uh, for a, a, the, the Southeast Tennessee region for total transportation uh, and, and really working with the fleet managers and managing a group of local drivers as well as uh, planning uh, a whole lot of freight coming out of the East Tennessee market going all over the country. So um, taking what I had learned as a fleet manager and applying that to more of what you think of in a traditional logistics role of planning freight, working with customers to to make sure you're on time and providing the service they expect. Um, did that role for about a year and then took on planning the, the largest region in the company for total in the Northeast region um, and and moved up to plan the entire Northeast uh, and planned that for about three years and saw a lot of success there, was planning up to 100 loads a day uh, out of the Northeast region. Um, and, and then it was about four and a half years or so into my career at Total, I got the opportunity to become the terminal manager uh, of the, the Loudoun Terminal. And, and that was really getting back to working with people. I, I had uh, an entire terminal of office staff under my umbrella, uh, as well as uh, around 300 or so drivers that were managed by my team that all fell under my umbrella. So, so really overseeing the whole operation and getting that, that big perspective on how a trucking company works and starting to get some of the behind the scenes of, of the financials and, and the revenue that it takes and, and operating ratios and all of the things that uh, until you get to some of those levels, you don't understand the, the thin margins that, that trucking companies are actually working on to be profitable uh, and keep the, the machine running for all of the people, the drivers, the office staff, uh, the mechanics, everybody who works at a company, uh, everybody has to do their part to create that thin margin to keep it happening so um real quick and i just want to backtrack so that's why i'm jumping in in the middle of this but you were talking about road plan and dispatch now you were you were saying it as if there's a difference so me being very i guess um like a clear slate of a lot of this and this is i guess some a lot of our uh listeners like it because they're probably in my same shoes um what's the difference between road planning and dispatch i thought that was kind of like the, oh load planning and dispatch i thought that was the same thing or is that not it's uh they're very connected but it's two very different jobs so the easiest way to describe that is that uh, a dispatcher or a fleet manager, pretty much the same job role, just different titles at companies, but um, you're working with the drivers directly. So you're, uh, you're their lifeline for information about how they can do their job and what they need to do their job. So uh, the, the dispatcher is somebody who's working with the drivers, communicating all the information to them about your load picks up in this location uh, here's your appointment time, here's your pickup or delivery number, uh, and really uh, communicating the information about each specific load to a driver 
so that they have the information they need to be successful. Um, uh, from a load planning seat, you're working at what I would say is more with freight than you are with a driver directly. So as a load planner, it's your job to, to make sure you have the, the right amount of freight so that each driver coming into your territory regionally that you plan uh, has a load that they can pick up. Everybody that needs a load gets one picked up, but you're also making sure from the customer side that uh, if they've got five shipments that ship today, that you get all the driver and successfully get the load picked up and provide the service that your customers expect uh, so that you can keep doing business and, and providing that service for them. Okay, and then I have a random question because we talked about this in one of our last videos. Um, do you guys favorite trucker, like certain truckers knowingly that someone's a brand new truck driver or or this guy, he's he's been in our company for 10 years, so let's definitely give him this. Do you guys have that? I don't want to say favorite test because I'm sure that that goes against like company policy, but in the sense of you might know the driver, their capabilities a little more than someone else. Right. So from a, from a planning seat, uh, and, and I can speak directly for the company I'm at now. Um, uh, your job is to get the best driver on each load to make sure that the customer's needs are met. Um, you're also accounting, there's a, a tremendous amount of variables that come into how freight is assigned and planned on trucks. Um, I, I can speak for our company and say, we, we don't bring favoritism into the equation. Um, but what we do consider is uh, if a driver has home time uh, or has a specific need or location they need to get to, uh, you want to plan that driver first to make sure you have a load that puts them in position for what their needs are. Um, I, I speak to our orientation class each week, and, and uh, one thing I talk about is that in a decade, I've, I've developed two golden rules of trucking. Uh, and, and for operations, our focuses, we can have a thousand focuses each day, uh, but if you can keep it to two things, you're going to be successful. And those are, can we get their money right? And can we get their hometown right? Um, those are the two priorities. So uh, when you talk about factors that come into how a driver is planned, uh, has somebody, uh, are they having a rough week? They haven't uh, had enough miles or they're, they're not making the money they expect to make. Maybe you need to get them on a load that's going to pay them a little more so that they, they're making the paycheck they expect. Uh, but also, if you've got somebody that needs to be home, uh, that's got to be a priority because it's a priority for them to be home. Uh, operationally, it has to be a priority for you to get them there. Um, and, and, and then beyond that, certainly, if you have a, uh, a load that is going to shut down uh, Ford Motor Company's uh, lines at the F-150 plant, you need a driver that you can count on to make sure that product gets there, right? So that, again, these are variables uh, beyond just who is the person, but who's the right person for this load. Um, you know, you don't, maybe you're the right person needs to go the other direction. So who's the second best person from a service standpoint to provide the customer's needs. So uh, there's not always a clean cut equation. Uh, there's a lot of variables that come into play. See, our listeners need to realize what you were also saying. I know you didn't emphasize it, but I want to emphasize it. But it's being, you know, like you said, you were worried. You were also worried, not just the money, not just the, the home time, but also the client itself. Absolutely. And 
And being on time is so important. And we tell our students all the time, being on time, you know, doing what you have to do is so important to be considered one of the best, things like that. And um, I mean, F-150 and all that fun stuff. I don't even know what that means. But I know it's a Ford truck, right? But do they haul it? Do you guys haul it? No, it's the parts to make it. Oh, okay. like every company, everything that you buy, everything that you get has to be made, assembled, whatever. But all that stuff has to come from somewhere. And that came on a truck. And then you have to be the the one on time to pick it up and take it. Correct. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, the entire plant shuts down. And sure. if that shuts sure. down, you got people out of work, not making money, uh, losing uh, the plants, losing tons of money. Uh, and they'll pay tons of money to get it there on time yesterday. So, you know, that, that's where it comes from. But, uh, you know, the side rule of thumb for a driver to understand is uh, there's three parties that are critical to be kept happy on a daily basis. So, obviously, your driver's needs are critical. You want your drivers to be happy to, to get what they need. You need your customers' needs to be met. Uh, and, and you need the company's needs to be met. The trucking company itself has, has certain needs and, and, uh, Balancing those three things of keeping the customer, the company, and the driver happy uh, is not always an easy task. Um, and, and so that that's one of the challenging things for operations of uh, how do you meet all of those needs uh, and keep everybody happy? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then going back to the drivers, um, you know, I, I really stressed for, for a long time about them understanding how important it is to set themselves up in a, in a good light with the company, meaning that when you first start with a company or you're a brand new student at the company, just got off the training truck and then you're now, uh, you know, got your own truck or you, know, you just switched companies from another company and got your own truck at this new company, that it, it, don't you think that first three to four weeks is, is probably their lowest pay they're ever going to have at that trucking company and also the that the 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 definition of how you're going to work with them because that's the the building blocks of learning how they work how they uh, how they drive their habits um, how to make them successful how they can make you successful you know uh, tell tell me a little bit you know on the sidetrack here from what we were going down what what your thoughts are on that yeah so I think um, certainly every trucking company out there operates differently with. Uh, the way you scan paperwork, um, the way your fuel stops are done. Every company has its own way of doing things. So the first, uh, for us, the first 30 days are the most critical time, right? Uh, we're learning each other. You're learning about our company and how our, uh, what our procedures are, what our expectations are, but we're also learning you and what you expect from us. What time of day do you like to run? Uh, what kind of what regions do you prefer to run in? Um, so it's almost, uh, you know, I would say it's almost like the beginning of a, a dating relationship in that sense, if you wanted a good analogy for it, that you got to get to know each other and, and understand what, what the other likes and the way the other person works. And um, you're trying to figure out if this is a, a fit for a good long-term professional relationship, right? Um, and certainly, uh, as you get to know a new trucking company as a driver, um, it can take you a little while to get used to those changes of how this new company works. Um, so yes, pay can be a little, um, a little lower out the gate in that first three to four weeks because you're still getting used to uh, what lanes do they run, what do their customers require, 
Um, you know, my particular company, we do a lot of securement with van trailers, which is pretty uncommon. Um, so learning those processes for how to properly secure freight, uh, what what that process three months down the road looks like for you is much quicker than the first 10 loads you haul. Um, you also have things like uh, every customer or every trucking company has its own customer base. So once you've been to a customer two, three, four, five times, your job is easier and more efficient behind the wheel because, hey, I've been here. I know what hours this customer is open. Uh, I know what the procedures are. I know there's a truck stop down the street I can park at the night before. Uh, the familiarity of going to the same place regularly makes you more efficient. Um, so the longer you're with a company, the more productive, the more money you can make. All of that comes into play with tenure. So yeah, uh, you're 100% right with that. Okay, 10-4. And then uh, the, kind of the next question I, I believe you had. Yeah, this one? Yep. All right. So um, from customer service to dispatch, how does a load go, go from paper computer booking to dispatch on a truck? Yeah, so uh, that's a much bigger process than than what most people think it is. So um, trucking companies are, are we're, most customer service departments are working directly with the customers. Uh, the customer offers a load to the to the carrier, uh, and you either accept the load or you decline the load. You either have capacity and want the load, or you don't want it to. And uh, once you accept the load, um, it's either sent with a, a rate confirmation. Uh, via email typically, uh, and somebody has to manually build that load uh, in the system. <clears throat> Once the load's built, you, you add the rate that the, the load pays. Uh, you've got to then contact the uh, the shipper and the, cons the consignee and get appointments set up for the load. Uh, and, and that's really where the customer service role is in your typical trucking company. Uh, once that load is built, uh, it then is sent to the operations department. Uh, and and your load planners get those loads and, and it's their job to find the driver in the region that can uh, can do the load. So once they figure out who the right driver is for the load, uh, they're assigned in the computer system typically, and then that load is sent to the computer in the driver's truck. Um, but sometimes that process can take longer than others. Some, some customers use electronic transmission to send loads, so it's quicker. Uh, sometimes it's a little slower, but you've got several different people from a customer service representative to a load planner to a dispatcher uh, and then finally to a driver so you've got a lot of people touching that load before it actually gets to the computer in the truck okay and that's that's very insightful you know uh, a lot of times um drivers they, they think oh man um driving down the road a to b it can't be that hard oh, uh, oh yeah i mean it, it, it I could do this in my sleep. Why, why is my dispatcher such a dummy? You know, this, that, and the other. Uh, they don't realize how many um, chefs are in the in, in the kitchen cooking and all the ingredients that go into making that, you know, and, and really understanding that other side of perception. Or uh, when they say, uh, when they open, they come in, brand new student, and they say, I want to own a trucking company. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to get my license and I'm going to buy my own truck. And I was like, oh, you think that's it? Yeah. You it's really, that like, you just, you just drive around. That's what you got to do. That's it. It can't be that hard booking loads. It can't be that hard servicing customers. There's always more to 
to what is seen from the truck. And, and one thing, uh, you know, I was having this conversation with uh, one of our guys yesterday um, that it's, it's easy to lose sight of from the truck. You've got one person's needs in mind. Uh, and that's yours. You know, you need your load, you need your appointment set up, you need to know how much money you're going to make. Uh, your fleet manager has somewhere between 30 and 40 people that all need that same thing you're expecting, right? Um, and one thing I always talk to our new drivers about is um, making sure they're doing their part, uh, doing their driver macros, doing all the stuff on the computer in their truck, uh, because if their fleet manager's having to go back and do that stuff, for 35 people, they're not getting their job done for you, right? Um, and it takes two to tango in that sense of, uh, we've all got to do our part to keep the thing running right. But uh, to your point, any fleet manager in a given day may have 70 loads that they've got to get their hands on, get set up correctly, uh, get dispatched and communicated. Um, and and with what you need right this minute, they may have eight people that are needing something right this minute. So understanding your fleet managers day to day is critical to work best efficiently. Uh, so basically what you're saying is, is don't call me every second, send me messages and communicate with me. So that way I can see and I can keep rolling and, and handle everybody quickly instead of being tied up all day. You correctly. Uh, I mean, if you're answering the phone constantly, you're never getting everything done. Uh, one thing that a fleet manager is tasked with at our company is you try to beat them, you try to beat your driver to the phone call, right? You want to be the one to call with the information so that they don't have to call you. Um, if you can call your drivers first, uh, then you're making 30 to, to 40 phone calls a day instead of getting one or two per driver inbound and having 40, you know, 80 phone calls a day. Um, so, uh, but yes, calling every 10 minutes only slows the process down of your fleet manager getting the information you're after, right? If they're having to stop what they're doing to talk through the same thing multiple times, you're actually slowing down the process that you're trying to speed up. So do you think that's the biggest daily obstacle in operation or what do you think it is? Um, I think the biggest obstacle in operations is optics and perception. Um, for this entire industry, um, retaining good truck drivers is the main challenge for most trucking companies. Um, so for us, it's how do we communicate effectively in a way that our driver force knows we're working hard for them and supporting them. Um, certainly, there are a thousand things to juggle um, and and balance, uh, but communication and relationship building are the biggest, most important things in relationship in in operations. Um, you know, if you're not giving somebody the information they need, and you're not communicating it effectively, it affects your whole job, your ability, your time management, all of that. Um, I could go for days about the challenges in operations. Uh, I, I wouldn't tell you there's one single thing that's the most challenging because um, it's and we're pretty uh, clear with our problems arise all day, every day, right? If things didn't go wrong, they would have robots doing all of this because it's all going right and you could just send it out. Uh, for us, we don't have problems, we have opportunities, right? And that's kind of our mindset of when things crop up and go wrong, uh, how do we shift gears to 
focus on solving the problem as quickly as possible and provide our, our team or driver force the solutions they're at as quickly as possible. Yeah, and that's why I, I tell, you know, drivers and students alike um, and, and everyone, um, it's not that it happened. It's not that the, the issue, problem, whatever happened. It's it's because um, you really can't control sometimes that, you know, but what you can control is your reaction to it. You can either be part of the problem or be part of the solution, you know, and, and that right there as a driver, you know, going to, like you said, relationships, it's easy when you don't communicate or you hold things in and the little things start building up and then you blow up over something really, you know, that's insignificant. Um, and, and you make bigger deals out of things and, and how you, you handle them versus, you know, being part of the solution and working, Hey, it happened. What do we do to fix it? Let's put something in place. So it doesn't happen again and move forward from this and, and keep moving in the right direction. Absolutely. There are so many uncontrollable variables in this industry, uh, especially out on the road. I mean, uh, there can be a hundred things that could go wrong in a day and 50 of them will, and that's just trucking. Trucks will break down, traffic will happen. Customers will not receive loads like they're supposed to. Um, and, and all of that is out of the driver's control. It's out of uh, operations control. Um, we use the idea of uh, solution-based mindset. So. Uh, the whole idea behind that theory is that, uh, again, how quickly can you flip the switch mentally to what's the solution to the problem instead of dwelling on the problem itself? You could spend 10 minutes being frustrated uh, that the problem exists, right? Or you could spend 10 minutes solving the problem. Uh, and you can see the difference in two types of people that the solution-based focus person has the solution before the other person's done dwelling on the problem itself. Um, and, and being flexible and knowing that things will go wrong uh, will make this whole job a lot easier, right? Things will go wrong, there's no way around it. Uh, we, we also talk a lot about uh, failure is an inevitable part of this business. Uh, there is always more freight than there are people to haul it. There are always uh, times where you can't get appointments when you need them. Um, Failure is inevitable, but it's how we fail that dictates our success, right? Who did you know and when did you tell them about a failure? Um, if you as a driver know that you're not going to make your 6 a.m. appointment in Allentown, Pennsylvania tomorrow, did you call your fleet manager at 2 p.m. yesterday and let them know that so they could try and move it back to 9 a.m.? Or did you just keep driving knowing you weren't going to make it uh, and give them the chance to adjust it? Right. Uh, finding an appointment the day of is exponentially harder than the day before. Right. So there's there's a lot of teamwork involved in that. Hey, we're going to fail on this appointment for 6 a.m. But if you're working uh, efficiently with your fleet manager to get that adjusted, you've turned a failure into a success at that point. So, again, it's it's communicating. I can't complete the task in, at hand. Can we make some adjustments so that we can be successful? Right. Right. Absolutely. Now. You know, kind of shifting gears into, you know, what goes on, uh, you know, day to day. What changes or ideas do you have in your professional, you know, responsibilities? Um, do you think should happen in the future, or what do you see that is going in certain directions? Kind of tell us about the future of trucking in your perspective. Yeah, I think trucking has changed uh, dramatically in the ten years I've been in it. Certainly, 
it's a lot different, you know, than, than when you got into this business, Sean. Um, the biggest changes we see are uh, the amount of home time people expect and want. Um, you don't see as many people who want to be gone for two, three, four weeks at a time from their home, from their family. Uh, they want to get home more regularly. So I think you'll continue to see a, tri a trend in this industry to shift towards more dedicated operations, more home daily opportunities, um, and and really to attract the highest quality truck drivers, you have to have the highest quality opportunities um, as a trucking company. So for us, uh, if we can create a new job that's a home daily or a home multiple times a week or more regionally based so that they can get through the house a, a night or two during the week, uh, that's a major shift from where this industry's been for a long time. Uh, I think technology will continue to dramatically change it. Um, and, and technology is a huge part of what's driving people wanting to be home more. 20 years ago, you didn't have a guy out on the road who was looking at pictures of his family on Facebook every night on his cell phone. Uh, you know, he was calling at home at the end of the day on a pay phone, and that was the, the communication with the home place. So uh, all of this technology is greatly changing. Obviously, e-logs have uh, made the job very different, a lot more restrictive. Um, but our ability to communicate is exponentially higher with cell phones, uh, with computers in the truck. Uh, all of that makes the job more efficient. And, and so I would tell you technology and uh, the industry shifting to meet drivers' needs and wants are the biggest changes you'll see over time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, when we were doing this at the beginning, me and you, we didn't have as good a technology working with the MS-DOS based AS400, you know, for those that know what that is, it, it, it was ancient software from like the eighties, it seemed like. And, um, but even then we had worked with a way of in lanes with customers that you knew you had consistent freight from, and we were able to do, you know, kind of a handoff to get people better home time in different areas. Um, I, I, for those carriers watching this, um, you know, a, a, a little, uh, you know, cut uh, in the future uh, to, to us two right here, to Dan and me on this, you know, idea. But don't you think that would be the future of getting both of those solutions taken care of? I'm not sure I understand the question. So, so basically, Remember how we had like Armstrong, we had the, you know, the, the, the two different areas were the, the pickups and deliveries and we had certainly building your freight network uh, to be more driver friendly is the future of trucking, right? If, if we want to continue to see uh, people want to be truck drivers uh, at an increased volume, we have to provide more freight that is friendly more freight lanes that are friendly, uh, more opportunities that, that provide. So, so our company, uh, our goal for each driver is 48 hours at home every week. Uh, and that's not every trucking company is that way, um, but that's the shift that the industry is making. And, and what freight you accept and you, you contract with your customers, you have to have your driver force in mind when you're working with your customers on what freight you want. If you don't, you're not going to succeed. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the industry will continue to train change to be more driver friendly as, as this thing keeps going. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, parking is always a hard thing too for for drivers. So you know, having better parking situations out there, having you know, uh, freight lanes, um, relays, technology, those are all things that the future can help get that home time for a driver as well as you know, be consistent for the company. Absolutely. One thing I I've preached for years and. And this is especially true for a, a new driver or somebody at a new company. But but I always told uh, drivers that they should keep a, 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 a Bible of what truck stops they're familiar with, right? So if you know you're going to run a lane from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Baltimore, Maryland regularly, uh, take notes on what truck stops uh, you stopped at that had room or that, that had good food or uh, places that you could park. Maybe there's an empty parking lot three miles from the customer. Uh, if you don't write that down, you might not remember it. So building your own uh, Bible of information about places you've been to in the past, if you have it written down and you get that load again a month later, you can go back and reference that as, okay, I know I stopped at this place three months ago. I'm going to, I'm going to plan that this time. And, and then, you know, it takes a lot of the stress out of the equation uh, for where you're trying to find parking. And there's certainly regions that have bigger challenges with that than others. Right. And, and, and that's why I teach, you know, my students, the Atlas, you know, we, uh, I, I tell, I tell them to get one of those laminated ones because that you can use it as your Bible. Cause then I can mark in different areas, those things like that. And I can keep that. But you know, that really was really my way. Yeah. And I think there's a lot more technology now, uh, you know, you can download apps that tell you where where to park and what's a good spot to park and what truck stops still have parking availability. I mean, you can look at all of this and it's all there if you're willing to dig into uh, what apps are available to drivers because there, there's a ton out there. The best thing you can do as a driver, if you need a lead on what's a good app to use or what's, talk to somebody that's done it, right? When you're when you're at a customer and you see somebody that, that you can tell has been doing this for a while, uh, pick their brain, uh, educate yourself. Um, it, it only hurts you to be on that island by yourself and never seek information because most people want to share what they know, uh, and, and most people want to help other people. So never be afraid to to ask, hey, how do you do this? Or um, seeking advice is a critical part of growing and becoming better. Yeah, so you've given great advice. You've given um, have a Bible showing where's the best gas station and places to leave your truck or to sleep in your truck, um, as well as, uh, like you just said, the, um, what was it? Apps. Apps. People well, can where, help where are you. Today? I don't did, know. Did you not drink your coffee this morning? I think I've had too much coffee this morning. I, 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 I think you need a whole nother cup. No, stop. I really had too many, too much coffee. Um, apps and people can help you because definitely we've met so many drivers who after they leave here, months later, they come back to visit and want to tell us all these things and want to tell all our students everything they've learned so far. So a lot of experienced drivers are more than willing to give you the tools. Now, do you have a third advice you can add to this? Yeah, I think uh, if I could give any advice to a driver, um, it's to be the advocate of your company. Um, your company wants you to be successful. Yeah, your success is, is our success as a carrier, right? Um, 
the the one thing that I see the most often is uh, when there's a conflict between a fleet manager or the company and a driver. Um, at the end of the day, we're all out here fighting the same fight, and, and our successes are intertwined. The more you can advocate for your company and and work with your support staff at your company, payroll, operations, safety. We're all here trying to support you so that you can be as successful as possible. Um, it, it's it's got to go both directions. Um, and uh, this is a tough industry. Uh, and anything you can do to be a participant in the success of your company will only help you. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, I mean, Dan, um, you know, kind of tying up here. Um, I know that you're currently in a role of operations manager. Um, how, how's that going for you? How, how are you liking it? How, how's the, the the daily stuff going over there? You know, operations is a funny world. It's, uh, you know, like any other job out there, it's got its, it's really challenging and tough days. Um, uh, you know, I, I took a stint out of trucking for about eight months and, and worked in the mobile home industry, repossessing mobile homes. Uh, and I came back to this business because it gave me the opportunity to help people on a daily basis. Um, solving problems, um, making sure things work for our driver force. I'm putting bread on the table every day. Uh, and I preach that to my operations team too, that every keystroke, every dispatch you send, every phone call you make, uh, you're providing for somebody's family, but you're also keeping this country running. So for me, um, I couldn't be happier with what I'm doing. Uh, I found a, a company that I feel like I'm I'm going to have uh, long-term success and growth with. Uh, so I, I couldn't be happier to be doing what I'm doing and helping people every day um, because it just is the most gratifying thing I could think of to be doing. Awesome, man! It really is uh, absolutely. Um, and and how how's the uh, the company you're working at? Uh, tell us a little bit about what they do there as we finish up here. Yeah, so Fraley and Schilling, uh, we've been around since 1955. Um, we were, uh, we started as a flatbed company hauling farm implements for farmers in rural Indiana. Um, basically, our current owner, uh, took Robert Schilling, bought the company outright in 1984 and took it from 40 trucks to, uh, we're around 550 trucks. So we specialize in hauling heavy freight. So we run a little bit smaller truck. All of our equipment is specced uh, to weigh less. So we're hauling about 5,000 more pounds in freight per load than any other carrier in America, um, which provides us a, a niche in the industry. Uh, we do a lot of raw materials, a lot of, we haul a lot of metal um, and, and being able to haul that extra weight is what uh, gives us the ability to secure long-term contracts. Um, the future for us is um, adapting and growing and being on the forefront of being a, a people-centric company, uh, putting our driver force first, paying our people the most money. Um, those are the things that differentiate you. Uh, culture is, for us, the most critically important thing. We want to be the best cultural truck company in America. Uh, and that starts with treating your people right. And, and that's not just uh, about the people in the office and the desks. It's more about uh, treating your drivers the right way. They have the second hardest job in America. 
They're the second most dangerous job in America, probably the hardest job in America, leaving their families every week. Um, so the respect factor that we as a company have for our driver force is what's leading to a lot of our success. Awesome, man. And, and you know, uh, I, I just thought of something here. I, I kind of want your feedback on. Uh, you know how my brain works. Uh, He's getting so worked up right now. Right? I'm a little worried about how your brain works. Do what else? I'm a little worried where we're headed with how your brain works. <laughs> me too. Tell me your opinion of sign-on bonuses. You know, everybody wants drivers right now. Oh, my God. And so they're just throw. I, I mean, I heard one the other day. It was like 20 grand or, you know, 30 grand, something like that. Ridiculous that they're throwing sign-on bonus. Tell me yeah. your opinion, because it, it there's a little bit more behind the scenes in the fine print. Yeah, I think uh, what you find with sign-on bonuses is, um, and, and the, the, there's a dark side of this whole thing that every driver out there is getting 15 or 20 phone calls a week, getting their door beat down, told being told about these golden opportunities uh, at, at another carrier. Um, I, I caution everyone that the grass is not always greener. Don't always believe what you hear on the phone. With sign-on bonuses, typically what you see is that there's a lot of red tape and a lot of requirements that have to be met to actually get the sign-on bonus. Um, our particular sign-on bonuses, uh, we do a $500 sign-on bonus that you get when you deliver your first load, right? No red tape, uh, and that's to help make sure your first paycheck uh, is right. You know, you're going to get orientation pay, and hopefully you're going to get a, a $500 sign-on bonus. Uh, but the rest of our bonuses throughout that structure is, is based on production, right? So we have a production scale that if you don't meet your production, you don't get your bonus. So understand, and, and if I could give advice about sign-on bonus, ask questions, right? Uh, understand fully what it takes to get that sign-on bonus. Uh, my gut instinct on a, a ten or a twenty thousand dollar sign-on bonus is how can a company afford that, right? Uh, so I caution you to the reality of a twenty thousand dollar sign-on bonus because if a company's paying everybody twenty thousand dollars on top of their normal pay, how are they even in business? Yeah, I mean it, it goes like um, I'll, I'll pay you a dollar a mile as a company driver. Well, I mean I only got ten miles for you to do this week, made ten bucks versus you know. Uh, an actual legitimate, you know, cent per mile, you know, that sign on bonus is, is kind of a, a misleading situation that, you know, you probably won't get for five to 10 years and then get the rest of it. Well, I mean, if you actually factor in what other companies do, like you said, with production, with, you know, uh, your job performance, your safety, um, your retention bonuses for being there, all of those things you factor in, you'd actually make more money with a company that maybe, let's say, doesn't have one or, like you said, $500 or, at all. And you've got those other bonuses of you doing your job right. And you'd make, you know, hand over fist more than that misleading sign-on bonus. Yeah, so uh, bonuses should always be thought of as extra. If you're looking at what is the best carrier for you to work at, um, understand what the week-to-week -week pay looks like. What is the average pay on the fleet? What is the true average pay on the fleet I'm gonna be working on? Uh, don't ever factor a bonus into paying your bills. It's extra, it should be add-on. 
what you need to be focused on in is what am I going to make on my paycheck every week and does that meet my financial goals or not? Um, the other thing for long-term success for the company is understanding who they are and what their culture is and, and do they match you? There's thousands of trucking companies out there for a reason. They're all different. They all operate different ways and not everybody's a fit at every company. Um, but again, as we talked about earlier, it's like a relationship, right? Uh, you have to find the carrier that best aligns with who you are and what you're looking for. Uh, and that can be tough on the phones, right? Uh, ask a lot of questions, make sure you understand. We see a lot of people that come in here, they, they sign up, they, they get here for orientation. They thought they were coming to a completely different trucking company for a different job because they've talked to so many people. Um, so be selective and, and try not to job hop. Uh, you know, it doesn't always work out in your favor. So trying to find the right place is the key. You're absolutely right. I've been preaching forever. Grass is not always greener. And, you know, it just looks like it because you just don't know that they fertilized it with manure, you know. So exactly. <laughs> well, we see a whole lot of drivers come back. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. But I also think this new day and age, you know, these new drivers, they they really care about being cared for more than just the money. I mean, we've had so many. I mean, we have doctors and nurses come through here and it's not because of the attraction of whatever, how much you make as a truck driver, it's but it's less because, stress. And, yeah, less stress. Yeah. And they've heard such great things about how truck drivers are appreciated and treated working for a trucking company that they would rather have that and lose X amount of money than deal with all the stress that comes with all this extra money. So it's really great that you guys are really truck or truck driver oriented versus um, here, let me throw a whole bunch of money at you. Let me see. Yes, it is a factor, of course, but it's not your only factor. And that's so important. And it's great because I mean, he's the, I don't know how many people we've interviewed and everybody has been having that mindset change to where it's, what can we do to make things better for you? Let's get you more home time. Let's get you this. It's not how much money do you want? Let me just throw it at you. Yeah, I had way, way better success uh, when I was dispatching or weekend dispatching with with, with the, the people that I did when I, I knew all their names. Like, I, I didn't just know their they. Yeah, they'd answer the phone and I knew their, their tone of voice. So I knew who it was and, and not just that, but it wasn't, they give me a truck number. I'm like, yo, Hey, I know you. I, I just know their truck numbers because they would tell it. And I, I knew the person who it was without even having to look it up. And that made a better rapport. And, and, you know, I got a lot more wins and things I needed because of that. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's I a, mean, there's our school is the same where um, our, we have our biggest advertisement is word of mouth yeah. more than anything else. And it's just because they can come three months later and we all know their name mm -hmm. and they've gone to other schools and they even, they couldn't pass, but came to ours and saw just a difference in culture. Yeah. And it's yeah. so important now. And what yeah, saying, and it's, a, it's, it's a balance. I mean, culture is, is supremely critical. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, every one of us, whether we're behind the wheel, whether we're behind a keyboard, whether we're turning wrenches, we're all here for one thing, and that's to pay the bills. So that can't be lost either. Uh, so how do you how do you provide a good culture, but also be an industry leader in pay? 
right? And that's where that's where you see the highest levels of success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the two meet. Uh, you know, you, you got to find that middle, you know, road. You can't have too much of one because then you know the people that wanted the other, yeah, you know, you're gonna lose those. Absolutely. Well, Dan, we appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, it, it's been very insightful for for us and our viewers. Um, this type of thing is needed in the industry. So once can understand, you know, what happens behind and, and how to make better choices in their life and in their career. So that way they can, uh, you know, work for some great companies and, and take care of their families. So we appreciate all that you do for the industry. Um, and, you know, thank you very much for, you know, helping, you know, the truckers keep moving. That's it. And uh, we're all thankful for, for schools and folks like yourself that are, uh, introducing new people to this industry, uh, it, it's critical to, to our country continuing to run the way it does and um, getting people uh, trained and educated to, uh, at a high level makes them more successful, makes this business a better place to be for all of us. So uh, thank you guys. Well, that concludes our episode with Mr. Dan Rule as he talks to us about operations. So so good. Yeah, I know. I adored that whole entire interview. It was so informative. For anybody, please, please, please subscribe, like, let us know what you think in the comments. Give us any questions that you have. We're more than welcome to ask anybody else. We have a lot more people who we're going to interview. If you want to be interviewed, you can even let us know. We'll interview you too. Yeah, I definitely have an episode coming up here soon. I mean, meeting with a company owner of a trucking company, talk about freight and about uh, rates and about, you know, what what you have to pay out and how much money you get to keep. Uh, just basically understanding the freight and, and brokerage game and, and understanding what it takes to run a trucking company. So we've, uh, we've got safety coming up here soon, too. So there's a bunch of stuff coming out. So stay tuned. Yes. Subscribe, like all of that. Just truck it. <laughs>